And welcome to the Nate Taylor Show. No Nate Taylor tonight. He's uh, preoccupied by other things, but uh, kind enough to stay exactly where he was sitting. <laughs> the one, the only, Mitch Holtis. Good evening, Mitch. Well, first of all, I'm not nearly as smart as Nate Taylor, nor nearly as good looking, but I'll try to fill in as best I can. Nate's a good dude, man. He's excellent at what he does. As are you, man. This is the first time I've done a show with an old North, Oak, Oak Park Northman offensive lineman who's one of the greatest in school history. So it's a big moment for me. Well, we had those days where you used to do uh, the, the coach when you had the head coach, coach, down, be, yeah. coach Ross down to a, yeah. a team. Man. That, the impressive thing was all that research you did. Like all yeah. the research that you put into it, Mitch, is like, I was like, Mitch does like the ultimate thing. And of course, you had some great burger recommendations as well behind the city because we all know, Mitch, it's not, if you have people come from out of town, you can give them the chains, but you can dive deeper too if you really want the stuff. You know what I'm saying? When I was blowing the whistle of being your coach on the air uh, and you were doing Run Bear Run, you know, you were doing a crawl, man. It was, uh, it was two a days. You were back there at, at Oak Park. But uh, you do an awesome job. And so getting ready for this playoff game here, the Steelers, when the smoke cleared on what a crazy week 18. What a crazy, 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 crazy series of games. You know, on the air, when I started my game day setup, I said alliteration. I said uh, P's, all these P's. But I didn't say pre-playoff playoff. But that's what it was because it was a series of explosions that just went all the way for 30 hours, starting with the Chiefs Broncos and all the way to the final seconds of that Nutty Raiders Chargers game. You know what you said that it would be crazy the final weekend. I thought so too. I said, look at all the games this year in the NFL. Nothing, not, not nothing at all has gone by script. Teams have just lost games, and you know people look at the Chiefs games, Mitch, and they they say the Broncos. They really struggled in that game. Well, find me a team that did not struggle. The Bengals did rest players, but they got beat once again. Look at the Bills. That game was close, thirteen to ten, with the Jets coming down the wire. <laughs> There was nobody that really stood out on the final week of the season. Teams arresting players. They were keeping things vanilla for the playoffs. I know the Chiefs were spotlighted out there first by playing on Saturday, but the rest of the teams played like this as well, Mitch. It's not like one team really stood out to me and said, ah, that team's on fire. They're the ones to beat. Nobody on either side, the AFC or NFC, but what was brilliant about the National Football League and how they did it, and I was on – um, a couple times we talked about it when I was on Fridays. On I am on Fridays with uh, Fesco in the morning and with, with Kling. But all of these backloaded division games, what's that mean? What's that going to be like? Well, what we found out is no team tanked. No team. And here are the Jaguars with really nothing to play for than to just ruin the Colts season, which is what they did. But I talked about Oak Park and Chuckle, but this is like putting you against Winnetonka. Winnetonka's going go. to the playoffs, and you're not. Tonka's in and you're not, and that, you're like, will we lay down for that. this game? No, it's Winnetonka. Like, you, there is no way you're going to lay down for them, <laughs> and you're going to play your tail off. That's what we saw throughout the league yesterday, uh, to, a, to a game almost. The Lions, they, they had a, they're not going to lose to the Packers. I mean, it was every game like that. So that was the brilliance of having all of these backloaded division games, especially in Week 18. Oh, I like what the NFL did with this. But to, tell me, I mean, you're a play-by-play guy, Mitch. That was a – Play-by-play guy's dream, that Raiders game last night in Chargers. The swing yeah. of I met mean, th- those are games that you guys live for. With those games, the, is it going to be climatic? Is it anticlimactic? What's going to happen? But I thought of you last night when I'm watching that game. I said, man, if Mitch was in this game, like how would he be preparing for? They're going to be winning it or losing it, or and, are they going to kneel for the tie? And then to have the most unexpected things happen, 
like six fourth down conversions. I mean, you can go 100 years and not see that again. Uh, I guess it's the first time it's happened in 30 years, so it's happened 30 years. But it's going to be another 30 probably before we see it. But so many twists and turns and and, uh, and decisions and and poor decisions and good decisions and great quarterback play by both those quarterbacks. Uh, But you couldn't – again, it's the best reality show there is. We did a Defending the Kingdom podcast that I do with Matt McMullen and also with with Shop, and I think it was two – two uh, episodes ago, but it was the best reality show there is. The NFL has become that predictable. It takes so many different scripts. and I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't write a script to end the season, the last game of the year, with a winner-take-all game or a tie would be the most bizarre ending uh, yet in playoff history to determine a team going, both teams can tie and go to the playoffs and have it decided on the last second of the regular season. It's just uh, crazy what this National Football League has become and how popular it is. I know the college football championships on tonight. I'll guarantee you about 2.5 out of four people are going, what? No Monday night football. Oh, it's a college hmm. football. Oh, okay, yeah, that ought to be good. But, oh, I guess I'll watch the replay of the uh, Steelers and Ravens. And the NFL is so popular. No, it really is. And, you know, Brandon Staley did go for it on fourth. We've seen it so much more this year, Mitch, teams doing that. But, you know, do it on your 19-yard line. I mean, it's one thing if you're a coach and you're a riverboat gambler. Listen, if that's the way he wants to play, and it worked towards the end. I mean, he couldn't stop him. You knew you were going to have to stop him on four downs. And they couldn't throw They got a fortunate spot there. That, that spot could have really changed that game between the Raiders and the Chargers. But you got a lot of people relying on you. From the 53 men on your roster to your practice squad to your ownership, uh, the people selling the tickets. you got a lot of people riding on your decisions. And, Listen, it works out, you know, Riverboat Ron's considered the gambler. No, no, no. There's no bigger gambler in the NFL than Brandon Staley. But let's be honest about this. He has to face his roster now in the springtime when they all come back. They had last day of school today. But when they come back for OTAs in their offseason program, he's going to have to get that team back because they lose playoff checks in that game. Now, the other thing, and I love analytics, you do too. We, we study numbers and look at numbers, and it's great. But if you come out saying, well, you've got to look at qualitative and quantitative analysis, both. And people say, oh, you're old school. You don't believe in no analytics. You, don't, you ain't like coach. I'm saying the analytics guy has to have the same. Like we look at coordinators and know who they are and put GoPro cameras on them. Put a GoPro camera on the analytic guy and go, if this blows up, your whole spaceship blows up. Mm-hmm. That fourth and one deal, I don't, it's a 53% chance of making it. The quantitative or qualitative part of that is like, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, you lose a game and your whole season by three points. Three points that you handed them, and that's how you lost your year. That's why in the offseason, it, it's going to be a challenge for him and his team just to get kind of everybody back. People talk about Super Bowl hangovers. You lose a game like that, in that fashion, there can be some hangover for those guys. And just by the way, he Justin Herbert's really good. Checks. He was really, Justin Herbert's really good. Yeah, he's sixteen and seventeen as a starting quarterback. Just going to put that out there. Yeah. Uh, numbers, not opinion, just numbers. And the fact that he's only one of four quarterbacks in NFL history to have thirty touchdowns in back-to-back years and not make the playoffs. Yeah, year two for uh, for Justin Herbert, like this was year two for Patrick Mahomes. He was a Super Bowl MVP. Much, much different between the uh, second year for both of those quarterbacks. And I know they were compared early on. And I remember Brian Greasy on Monday Night Football back in the AFC West goes through him. And it's like, 
I think we wait to we, we jump to too many early conclusions in the NFL. We've seen it all year with the Chiefs when they're three and four. And I just think we jump to early conclusions. Let things play out. Look at what the other teams are doing. And sometimes I have that problem a little bit sometimes because I think fans zero in on the Chiefs, you know, in their offense. Uh, the offense this year, 28.2 points per game. Thank you. 2019, 28.2 points per game. As a matter of fact, the Kansas City Chiefs, more points per drive in the NFL than any other team. Fewest drives, 168, but 6.9 plays per drive, meaning the NFL said, we're going to slow you down, Chiefs. And they said, okay, so 6.9 plays, 2.71 points per drive, number one in the NFL. 48.2% scoring percentage, meaning they score whether a field goal or touchdown 48.2% of the time. It's like what Steve Young said a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was brilliant when he was talking about comparing. It was on Dan Patrick show, Mitch, and he was talking about how teams slowed down the West Coast offense. And he said, listen, what the Chiefs are going through now, they're seeing everything. I think the Chiefs are better now than they were at the beginning of the season only because they've gone through everything. And, you know, I thought it was absolutely brilliant what he was saying when he was comparing that to the, the, the 49ers and everybody trying to figure out the West Coast offense. And he made those comparisons. It's like, you know what, he's right. Because I look at these numbers, and again, they're stats. And you can say whatever, people can say whatever they want about stats. But the Chiefs score a higher percentage of the other team, more points per drive than the other team. That shows me they've been extremely efficient. It'd be even higher, Mitch, had, uh, you know, the turnover problems and earlier this year. They would have been on pace uh, to really – what they what the, what they did even last year where they with 2019 2.59 points per drive it's 2019 2020 2.74 2.71 right now so they actually average more points per drive this year than they did when they went a ring means they're pretty good we don't know how the 2021 playoffs are going to go here but i there's a couple things that make me think they're even in a better position to make a run even though they don't get the buy because of what they've had to go through offensively. I didn't know Steve Young said that, but I totally agree with it. And two, the fact that they're so efficient. Defensively, I said that um, the speed, youth, and the uh, explosive nature of the young, long, young linebacker, something they didn't have in 19, or the young offensive line that's still kind of full of spunk. But it was interesting uh, on the Kingdom show earlier when – we were discussing, Dan Israel and I, well, with Coach's comment about Patrick Mahomes. In many ways, this has been Mahomes' best year. It wasn't 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, but it was figuring out ways to win when everybody thought they took away all of your lunch money. And the fact that he is so much more dangerous now than he's ever been because he can still do all those things of 2018 and 19 and 20, but now he's got this part of his game down. The fact that these guys led the universe in third down percentage. They were the only team over 50%. They're about 52%. The best third down percentage in 11 seasons. You have to go back to the 2011 Saints and Breeze. But the, none of this surprised me about Mahomes, knowing he would have to go through, as Steve Young said it, I guess, this progression in his career. And he's done it, and he's won. And he's won games. Justin Herbert's fab fabulous. This is going to be a great division fight, okay? But he's 16 and 17 in two years. Patrick Mahomes won his 50th game on Sunday. He's 50 and 13. He is the fastest of 50 games tied with Kenny the Snake Stabler and Daryl LaMonica of the old AFL days. That might be the biggest stat of all. 
but he's figured out different ways to win, and that's what makes him incredibly dangerous. 13-0 divisional road games. I mean, it's, you win the toughest Only places. Joe Montana. Your Only division. Joe Montana has yes, been I mean, that's just that's amazing. Here, here's Steve Young. I want you to hear it. Just since, you're, since you're here, I want you to hear this. You know, I see the young uh, uh, guys and, and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and and they're they're getting there. And it's going to – you can see how dangerous they are. And uh, um, it was funny, Patrick Mahomes, this year really the challenge was the league, as what happened to us uh, with the West Coast offense in the early 90s, it was so far ahead of everybody. Defenses finally said, forget it. Screw it. We're not – we're just going to play zone. We're just going to back up. We're going to give you everything short. But we're not going to get beat with you throwing all over the place and people running around. We're, we're spinning around. We're not going to do that. We're going to put 22 eyeballs on the quarterback, and we're just going to wait and force you to be patient, force you to not make mistakes, and mm. we'll force you to go, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives. You can do it all day long, but you got to show the patience. And that's what the Chief, that's what happened to the Chiefs this year. Defense has said, you know what, screw it. We're not – Travis Kelsey running all over the place, uh, Tyreek Hill running – no more. Just back up and force you to play – you know, be be – you know, human, just drop it off. And they struggled. Patrick struggled a little bit, yeah. but they tra- they faced the challenge. Remember, it was, it was it late October, they were losing games, or maybe it was middle October. You know, like, who are the Chiefs? What's going on? Well, the league said no more. And they had to adjust, and then they did, and now the league has no answer. I think the Chiefs are better today, more dangerous today than they've ever been because they now have all the arrows in the quiver that they needed. The defenses go, well, we can – we have no answer now. I think this is well said. No answer. Again, but, I thought maybe at the beginning of the year, they're going to see everything. We always do. We see everything. When Jack Pardee and Mouse Davis had the run and shoot, I remember when he was high school, we tried to figure it out. We had two defensive linemen or three. We had, even college, everybody tried to figure it out. Then the Wildcat that the Dolphins used against, we figured it out. Well, they made the adjustment, Mitch. I, I loved what he said there because it was so true what they've done. The stats bear out everything he said. I didn't know he said that, but. That's so well stated, and he lived the same thing, and they end up winning the world championship in the 94 season. But it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes who's had to make adjustments. Think about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has worked at his game so much. Bink, number one in the National Football League in third down catches four first downs. He could. Uh, he didn't have – the heel was bugging him on Saturday night. When they put him in the game, what they do? They got a first down. They lined him up. They ran the Cleveland play that he won the divisional playoff game against Cleveland because he's become, even with the bad heels, so precise at route running. The problem early on was everybody had to adjust. If teams are going to make you, like Steve Young just said, 13, 14 play drives, your awareness, your intensity has got to be there for 13, 14, 15 play drives. That's why Army and Air Force wear you down because on the 14th play of the drive, they're just as good as they were on the second if you do not turn it over, and the teams are going, well, they're going to turn it over somewhere in here. Chiefs have not turned it over. The way they flip the giveaway takeaway is miraculous, really seen in the NFL. They learned how to play the way Steve was talking about and what teams are doing to them, and now teams don't have an answer. It's like a basketball team going, we got to play zone. They'll kill us with screen game, and then you hit every shot, and now what are we going to do? That's where that's what the Chiefs are taking into the playoffs, in my opinion, if they can get everybody healthy and up and running. It's all about seeing everything, Mitch, making yep. those adjustments. The problem is when you do make them. Yeah. That's where the well, problem does but happen. But a lot of quarterbacks can't. And Patrick Mahomes just did. He has just taken the next step of his career. 
and it's and it's it's the home run hitter that learns to take the outside pitch to the opposite field and oh you may hit it out that way but okay throw me whatever you want and I'll hit every pitch high low inside outside and that's what Mahomes has done but he's been surrounded by a village who's done the same thing that's good stuff the great Mitch Holt is sitting in here with us uh, he's got a He's got a jet and watches a college game, I'm sure. Mitch had the Chiefs game. I'll watch it. And- I'm into it. I, I love college football. I do too. I'm just telling you, the world is going to be, they just, give me the NFL. Like, the, people are sitting here, they're having, they're in, the hives are breaking out in their body because they don't have NFL Monday Night Football. I, I love it. I love this uh, Williamson receiver there with Alma John Mechie. Uh, they have the Heisman Trophy winner. They beat this team 41-24 to into the number one uh, seed in the tournament, yet they're the underdog. Nick Saban loves, quote, rat poison. Yeah. He likes to be the underdog. T- tell me how bad we are, and then we'll show you how, how good we are. But that's what makes a fun match. Uh, that, this will be a heck of a game. So heck I'm of a game. to watch it. Yep. Thank you, Mitch, for uh, sitting in here. This is the Nate Taylor Show. We come back. Look at the growth of Patrick Mahomes. Next. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Jay Bankley, no Nate Taylor show tonight. Wait, well, it's Nate Taylor show, but no Nate Taylor tonight. He'll be back next week. He had some things going on today. We'll discuss the Steelers game and the results of it next Monday night for sure. What's going on, Nick Price? Not too much, Bank. How you doing? Hey, just watching this uh, Alabama game up on the screen. Who you got tonight? Uh, Bama. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to bet against him, right? I mean, Nick Saban's 25-1 and one against his former assistants. He's beaten Kirby Smart in the regular season. He's beaten them in the SEC title game a couple times. And he's beaten them in a national title game because it was the Tua game a couple years ago when mm-hmm. Nick Saban made that switch at halftime over Jalen Hurts. And now you got him again. Yep, that's where my money's tonight. And they're the underdog, and they love being the underdog because Saban calls it rat poison. Like, he just loves his team to be told they're not going to win. That's what he likes. It's kind of what the Chiefs have been going through this year when they were three and four, and everybody's talking about what's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs, what's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs. But the way it sits now, the Chiefs face the Steelers, of course, on Sunday. Did not know that last night. Well, I thought maybe, okay, it's a tie. All of a sudden, they'll play the Raiders again. But for all that talk where the Chiefs were one and four against the AFC playoff teams that were in there at that point, yeah, not anymore. Chiefs are three and three right now in the playoffs against AFC Teams six and three overall, Nick. If we want to throw the NFC in there, remember the Eagles. Remember when the Chiefs beat the Eagles? It was like, ah, they beat the Eagles. Guess what? They're a playoff team. Oh, but wait a minute. The Chiefs beat the Steelers a few weeks ago. They beat them 36 to 10. Oh, the Steelers aren't a very good team. They're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Playoff team. And the Messiah, the one that people said they, the vision runs through him, Justin Herbert, he'll be watching the playoffs with Cheetos on a couch. That was the guy they said was as good as Mahomes. And granted, he threw some dimes last night. No yeah. question about it. He threw some good passes. Better offensive line than Joe Burrow. I, I've, I've said it. I'll take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert any day. I'll see it when I believe it with hey, Justin Herbert. Well, the bottom line is it's the second season, second full season starting. What happened with Patrick Mahomes' second full season starter? Well, first of all, his first season starting, he won an MVP. Because he did have that one game against the Broncos, JV game, the very end. Not count that. Doesn't count. His second full season. He won the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl MVP. Justin Herbert's yet to make the postseason. Loaded with talent. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler in the backfield. 
a uh, Pro Bowl offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater, they draft. A better offensive line than what Joe Burrow has with the Cincinnati Bengals. I remember Brian Greasy, you know, back back on a Monday night. It was a couple, early in the season, right, on ESPN. He's like, the AFC West goes through this guy. He goes through the Chargers. There's three AFC West teams um, that actually look viable this year. I'll say the, I'll say the Chiefs did. Hey, the Raiders, got to give the Raiders credit. They beat the Chargers last night, even though it was interesting. They win, and then there's the Chargers that were good. The Broncos will be good uh, going forward, I do believe, because there were two things they needed, coach and quarterback, and they don't want to waste that roster they have, George Payton, their GM. They're going to interview Eric Bieniemy. I don't know if you saw the news earlier, but it looks like Eric Bieniemy will be interviewed with the Denver Broncos because the talk was, when's ZB going to start getting his interviews? Well, the Denver Broncos are slated. Uh, they requested permission to speak with uh, Eric Bieniemy, of course, University of Colorado legend, Buffalo's legend. And to me, Nick, it's a no-brainer, smart decision. And we can argue back and forth how many plays he calls here, and you can say, well, Andy Reid's assistant, uh, his offensive coordinators, what have they done? Matt Nagy just got fired. But Matt Nagy was coach of the year. Didn't always work out for him. Doug Peterson got fired. What did Doug Peterson do before he got fired? He won, won a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. So it matters. What, 25% of the league were former Andy Reid uh, assistants. Yeah. At some point. So, yeah, EB, this might be the job. If I'm Denver, that's who I want. Actually, if I was the Chargers last year, that's who I wanted was EB. He played for the Chargers, went to the Super Bowl with the Chargers. And not only that, he's been with Andy Reid every single second that he's been a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. The same team that's won 12 straight ga- or 12 games Four years in a row. Only five teams have done that. See, that's... And they've done it. He's been part of it all. Yeah, that's the scariest thing to me uh, from the Chiefs' perspective, Bank, is that if EB were to go to Denver, just like I was thinking if he were to go to the Chargers, Denver's got a lot of talent on that team. Now, they got to figure out the quarterback position, but, you know, they've kind of revitalized the defense there. They've got some skill position players, and getting a guy like Eric Bieniemy in there that knows the ins and outs of your biggest roadblock to getting to the playoffs and succeeding in the AFC West, the Kansas city chiefs. He knows everything that we've been doing because he's been here the whole time. So, I mean, if he goes somewhere, especially in the division, like the Broncos, the chiefs are going to be forced to shake a lot of things up in pretty much everything that they do this off season. Well, you want leadership and you want Intel, right? It's important. And but I mean, I hope he gets the, the job. Shows- I just want to throw that out there just because, you know, he deserves it. But the Chiefs won the division six straight years, and you're trying to compete in the division, and you've lost 13 straight to that team. Right. Don't you want to know how they're doing it? Don't you also want to know the guy that's been here every single step of the way with Patrick Mahomes? You know, elevated from running backs coach to offensive coordinator, does have part of what the game plan is in store, but knows how the organization works from top to bottom. What makes the Chiefs successful? If I'm in the division, I want to know those answers because you're not going anywhere unless you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs have said, we're not going anywhere fast. Andy Reid, 36-6 and six against this division since 2015. Wouldn't you want to figure out what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing? Wouldn't you want to know the inside out of Patrick Mahomes? Now, I get it. Defensively, they brought in Ronald Darby. They brought in Fuller. They drafted Patrick Sertan this year. They thought it was going to be with Vic Fangio, defensive mind, Stopping the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the direction they win it. Now they kind of want an offensive guy, which is the smart thing to do. Offensive guy impaired with the quarterback. Now who's going to be the quarterback? I don't know. If Deshaun Watson gets his thing cleared up, but now Brian Flores is not the head coach of Miami, and he's the one that wanted Deshaun Watson 
and hold to a thing, the friction, that's why he's gone as head coach with the Dolphins. He could be out there. Aaron Rodgers is uh, – Who knows? He's He likes Gutenkust again. Right. Their GM, like they, they went on a radio show on Sirius, and they've kind of patched things up. And they've been in two straight AMC title games. Maybe he stays there. Then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson becomes the most attractive guy that's played in the NFL. Who knows where they're going? But here's Patrick Mahomes after the game going. I mentioned to Mitch as we were talking about it because, you know, it's something Mitch uh, made on the broadcast there. You know, Mahomes 13-0 against the division on the road. By the way, he's 21-3 against the division home and road. We focus a lot on division games. I mean, our, our first goal is always the AFC West. And then in order to win it, you get to win games on the road. Um, and there's a lot of hostile environments, like especially mile high. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a great environment for football and they're loud. They were loud today. Um, and so, um, we just go in with the mindset of just trying to play a complete game and try to find a way to win the game at the end of the game. And, uh, uh we did that today and we've done that uh, in my career. And it's always good to see some Chiefs fans out here at, at all those games. That's an impressive stat. There's not be any more impressive stat. I used to go by the stat that no one, he's never lost the game by more than one possession. One score. The Bucks changed that, that he's had a couple games this year with the Bills and the Titans, but it's few and far between. Yeah, it lasted a long time. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks have them all the time. Like the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they lose 38-3 to to the Saints in game one. I remember last week, Patrick Mahomes, during his uh, weekly press conference, will do again on Wednesday. He joins us CDOT each and every Monday. But was asked, what do you think his biggest area of growth this year was? The biggest area of growth is that I've just learned to be patient. Um, I've learned to take what's there, take the underneath stuff probably the most I've ever thrown to the running back and, and stuff like that and I, I'm such an aggressive having an aggressive nature and want to push the ball down the field but defenses have forced me to to learn how to drive the length of the field and I thought we I think we've done a great job of that as the season's gone on is we've made a lot of big drives happen we drove the length of the field but we haven't lost our our explosiveness and whenever defenses do present uh man coverage or or single, or single city middle zone coverage where they come down and, and and give us a chance to throw it deep I think we're still hitting those um and so uh Find that right balance. I think that's been a big growth for me uh, to learn to take what's there, but also keep that aggressiveness. Take what's there. And I, and I played that cut of Steve Young with Dan Patrick for Mitch Holtis. It's like, take what the defense has given you. And again, the numbers bear out. The Chiefs are 6.9 plays per drive. They have more plays than any other team in the National Football League. And by the way, they're tied for the fewest drives in the National Football League. But they're averaging over 48% scoring per drive. That means almost half the time they get the ball, they're putting points on the board. They lead the National Football League in points per drive, which I'm not throwing zip war at you or war or any other stat. I'm just going points per drive, meaning how many points they score per time they have the football. That's impressive stuff. And again, the Chiefs score 28.2 points a game this year, same number as 2019. But again, it's what the defense gives you. Do you take it? And that's what we've seen from, from Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Tyree Kill, you know, Mitch was talking about, you know, Tyree Kill. Just look at his numbers. Over 1,000 yards, over 100 catches. But he became a different receiver. And you know what? Father time catches up with you on the speed thing. But how good of a receiver are you? When he proved this year, he can do everything. Run the intermediate routes. The route tree is actually perfect with him. Travis Kelsey gets six straight years, over 1,000 yards. Poked, prodded, double teamed, you name it. Guys have adapted. Not just Mahomes has adapted, but the rest of the team has adapted. Darrell Williams, over 1,000 scrimmage yards this year. I mean, they continue to do uh, things where they make adjustments. The coaching staff completely had to adjust. Andy Reid was asked today, how would he say Mahomes has grown this year? Yeah, no, he's done a, he's done a nice job with it. Um, you know, that fifth year, sixth year, you're still, you're, you're, you've got a pretty good grasp of the defenses you're going to see, and then it's a matter of fine-tuning it 
and staying fresh on the new things that you put in each week. And I think he's handled that against a lot of different looks, um, whether it's zone or man. So, you know, it's important. You're always learning as a court. You're always learning as a football player, period, and coach. And so um, it, it's, it, it's uh, been a good year for him that way. And he's uh, it really turned out some pretty, pretty good numbers and wins and all those things. So he's, he's, uh, he's had a good year. And that's what he's doing. Again, it's the growth, it's developments. The thing Steve Young said, teams make adjustments to you. What adjustments are you doing going back? He's going to lay down, let them do whatever they want, or are you going to come out and attack them and do things differently? You're listening to Nate Taylor's show. We come back. The Melvin Ingram influence, plus some of the naysayers still out there for the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to the Nate Taylor show. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show. Melvin Ingram, been a huge difference for the Kansas City Chiefs. We've uh, talked about all season long. Just the kind of attitude that he's brought to this defense. Remember a couple weeks ago when he talked about playing angry? Spags like, hey, he plays angry. Well, you saw the reason. And it's not about getting six sacks, seven sacks, whatever for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like that guy that wrote the article in Pittsburgh for the Post-Gazette about how he's doing for the Chiefs pretty much what he did for the Steelers. Not true. You're not watching the games. It was a uh, shallow article, uh, a clown article, so to speak, because he's made a huge difference to the turnaround of this defense specifically the attitude. And you saw a forced fumble in the Denver game. Again, it's not about the six or seven sacks. Can you make a difference in one or two football games to win a game? Well, that's exactly what he's done. Here's Andy Reid today talking about the Melvin Ingram influence with this football team. Yeah, well, he brought brought a positive, uh, uh, definitely positive attitude to our already positive group. um, And and that that senior leadership that you, you hear about, I mean, he's, been doing it for a long time at a very high level. Um, and then he and Brendan Daly matching up together, I think, uh, just was was like a perfect fit. And so um, I don't want to slight Brendan on all this because uh, he's a fine football coach and does a, does a really good job with that group. And, um, you know, we, we've brought guys in that have come from little different situations when, you, you know, you got to make sure that they they all kind of dance the same dance, and he's done good with that. And then Ingram fit right in there, man. I mean, he's and and his attitude is he's very smart, and his attitude is phenomenal. And the attitude has provided the Kansas City Chiefs with everything what they want defensively. In other words, soft finesse. A lot of things were thrown out about the Kansas City Chiefs last couple of years. Simply not the case anymore. You can't use the word soft. You can't use the word finesse. And just today. I was looking around at uh, some of the things that uh, people were saying about the Chiefs, and it uh, and it kind of made me laugh. Some of the things that the, these teams were saying, and again, how have the Steelers changed? Well, they haven't changed at all since Week 16. Pat Fryermuth, their tight end is back, but everything else is basically still the same for the Steelers. I mean, again, this team is fortunate to be you know in the playoffs, and I got a kick out of this. Sean O'Hara on uh, Good Morning Football, you know, they were talking about. You know what's the, what's the enticing matchup to watch in the AFC playoffs? I think I think New England and Buffalo are going to be a fantastic game. But anyway, Sean O'Hara picked the Steelers and Chiefs because 
Steelers are a different team. My question is, how are they different? The Chiefs are hosting the Steelers, and the Steelers almost didn't get in. I mean, if that game ties, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, <laughs> we not wanted to see what the, the point looked like in Pittsburgh down there by the stadium because things would have been a mess. The t- terrible towels would have been all over the place. But this game, we've seen this before. Week 16, the Chiefs played the Steelers, and it wasn't even close. The Chiefs blew the doors off of them, 36-10. to 10. Mahomes threw three touchdowns. Roethlisberger threw a pick through one touchdown, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like the Steelers are a different team right now. I feel like they're playing differently defensively. So this is going to be a tall task for, for the Steelers defense and T.J. Watt and, and company to try to slow down Mahomes and, and how good they've been. But I, I just don't know. At some point, Ben's going to have to find a way to make a, make a play. Wow. Ben <laughs> and his old arm versus Patrick Mahomes and his rubber band arm. And T.J. Watt in that defense. This is going to be, this is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Ken, you don't want to ask Ben to throw 45 times. And try they to keep they did the play a couple weeks ago, and it was maybe one of the most lopsided games. Yeah, it was week 16. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was... You know, it, they, they got they They're got blown out. Are they doubting the logo, Kyle? I think they are. Hey, are they doubting the logo? Am I the logo? Dismissive giggle. Look at those three little starburst things yeah. and doubt them. And the bottom line is, how can you even say it? Do people forget that was the game that Kelsey didn't play? The Chiefs had backup kickers in the game? That was the COVID issue for the Chiefs, but yet it didn't matter. They destroyed the Steelers. Offense, defense, special teams played well in that game. You're looking for a complete game. That's the game where three of the four wide receivers undrafted. The top two running backs in that game undrafted. The top two tacklers, including DiCaprio Boodle, who's been a mainstay on the practice squad, rookie free agent, undrafted free agent, two under Ben Neiman and Boodle led the team in tackles. And yet they destroyed Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers just a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, you take out Pat Fryermuth. Okay, well, the Chiefs lost Kelsey in the game. And by the way, Tyreek Hill just got activated off COVID the day before and had two catches and was still feeling some of the effects. So don't give me the Steelers and the Chiefs. There's nothing different between the Pittsburgh Steelers then and now. And I remember everybody talking about the Steelers game. Ah, the Chiefs beat the Steelers. Well, you know, they are a playoff team. Something the Chargers wish they were. Coming up next, segment four, last segment of the Nate Taylor Show. By the way, if you have questions, we'll take those. With Nate Taylor and I usually do that. Jay Sathland, Toast Service text line. 913-576-7610. We'll look at this uh, coaching carousel and the rest of the AFC playoffs next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show. No Nate Taylor tonight. Coming up next, though, Dusty Likens, Nick Price, Red Reaction. They'll have a lot of fun for you. It's a fun day in the NFL yesterday. I can't think of a better game than that uh, Raiders Chargers coming down to the wire. Two divisional opponents, two teams trying to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's All-American, the Messiah, Justin Herbert, who did not make the postseason. We've talked about him all year long. Listen, he's a great quarterback. He's out there throwing dimes. But I don't know what it is, but for several, for a couple reasons, he's sitting on the couch the last two years. And yeah, he's gone through two head coaches watching Joe Burrow and Mahomes and Josh Allen and even Derek Carr play in the postseason. So, you know, Justin Herbert's uh, one of those guys, and teams are going to look for the head coach. The leash is very short nowadays. Bram Flores gets let go by the Miami Dolphins today, who finished 10-6 and six last year, 9-8 and eight this year. Doesn't matter anymore, man. Quick hooks for coaches like to see with quarterbacks. 
Like first-round quarterback Dwayne Haskins, quickly jettisoned from Washington, gone. You've seen Joshua Rosen, quickly gone from Arizona. Teams looking for the right guy, the right quarterback. Well, teams looking for the right head coach combination, too. And there's a lot of reasons for Flores. Didn't get along with Tua. Uh, Tua F-bombed him after last game. The owners like Tua. He he wanted Justin Herbert, believe it or not. So, Brian Flores was actually uh, right as far as that's concerned. Tua over Justin Herbert. But you look at the coaching carousel of these teams, and all these teams are going to be looking for head coaches and good fits because everybody is still looking for the answer at head coach. I mean, Denver has some really, really tough decisions here. You know, they may be looking at Dan Quinn. He's defensive coordinator at the Cowboys. People need to go look at the Cowboys' defensive stats and defensive numbers, and they don't really lead the league in anything defensively. They're not as good as what people say they are, and they're playing in a terrible division. Well, I guess the Eagles made the postseason for that division, but the Giants in Washington are two very bad football teams that they get to play a combined four times throughout the season. But they need offense because that's where the NFL's going, and that's why Eric Bieniemy will be one of the coaches uh, – interviewing for them but the Raiders the Jags the Broncos the Vikings the Bears the Dolphins all going to be looking for head coaches could this be the year for it for EB to get a head coaching job then Mike Kafka step in and be the offensive coordinator you know will Steve Spagnola get any looks from the National Football League I don't know I, I don't think that's the trend of National League Football League teams now they seem to be going more of the uh, offensive minded head coach as recently is the direction they're going. But regardless, as I mentioned, the Chiefs offensively, Pittsburgh wanted no part of the Chiefs. Like, who wants to see the Chiefs in the postseason? That's the real question. Because if you're just going by these games this weekend and say, oh, the Chiefs struggled against the Broncos. Well, it was a road divisional game, and they were playing on house money. And the Bengals looked this past weekend. They looked terrible. How'd the Colts look this weekend? Playing a two-win Jags team, and got rolled, the most embarrassing game in the NFL so far this season and several seasons for that team. How about the fact that it was 13-10, Bills at home against the Jets until they kind of separated there at the end, 29-15, but it was a close game. So who's the Dolphins beating the Patriots? Like, who's that team that's ready in the AFC? Because everybody's taking their losses. If you want to look through a microscope and say, well, we'll look at the Kansas City Chiefs and what they did against the Denver Broncos, well, in fairness, look at what other teams are doing against some of those teams, too. And you're always going to have the naysayers. You know, I'll never forget this uh, past weekend at halftime. Rex Ryan was basically saying nobody's afraid of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can always tell if a team's ready to play by how they tackle. This team's not tackling. And and here's the other thing. Drew Block's got those two rushing touchdowns because where's the pass rush? Nobody's balancing the pass rush lanes. It's all out individual things. And so to me, they're getting outcoached, outplayed, and everything else. And I have to say this. For the comment about this is the, the Kansas City, that this is the best Kansas City team, that they've ever seen, like Steve Steve Young, I respect Steve, but I totally disagree because I've watched every game this team's played this year. There's not one team left in the AFC in the playoff picture that's afraid of this football team. You could never have said that before when Kansas City is rolling. I want to play this football team. I want so there's Rex. Who, who do you want to play then, Rex? Like who's the team? He even poo-pooed what Steve Young had to say, which I <laughs> – Thought it was absolutely brilliant talking about how the Chiefs have made those adjustments and adaptations. But who do you want to play? I mean, the Bengals have been feast or famine. They've looked really good at times. They've looked really bad. 
And if you don't think the Chiefs in Cincinnati were in that football game, you're you're crazy. Some bad calls went the Kansas City Chiefs way. Say what you want, say you're just complaining about it. No, there were some bad calls that did make it make the difference in that game. Think Jamar Chase is going to go off for 266 against the Chiefs again? I seriously doubt that happens. But they've got flaws. They have a terrible pass defense, a good run defense. But all these teams are flawed. That's why I call it the National Flawed League. The Patriots have looked like crap down the stretch. The Bills, you're waiting for this team to be good, and they keep just losing. The Titans are the number one seed, but probably have the worst quarterback statistically in the AFC, and they hold the number one seed. Now, looks like Derrick Henry's probably going to be coming back. I really like A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, you know, has been doing things for him recently, and that's a team with some momentum. So, yeah, maybe the Tennessee Titans are a team, but do they have the, they have the, they have the coach, but do they have the quarterback? Can you trust Ryan Tannehill when everything's down to be that quarterback to lead them? No, I'm just looking at some of these quarterbacks. Mahomes, number one in the AFC right now is the quarterback rankings. I put Josh Allen, number two. I like Joe Burrow. Derek Carr, yeah, he won a game last night, but Derek Carr's never won a playoff game, so it's going to be wait and see. Joe Burrow's never played in the playoffs. It's been 30 years since the Bengals have won a playoff game. We'll wait and see. I mean, I do believe in his talent. I do believe it's on the horizon for Joe Burrow. And he's going to be there. I like Joe Burrow better than I do Justin Herbert. But the AFC's in good hands. It's an arm race, arms race, man. Some of these teams are set. They're set for the next decade. Like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and Josh Allen in Buffalo and Mahomes in Kansas City. But who's going to be that generation? Because it was Brady and or Manning, you know, trading places, going to the Super Bowl. And then there was Big Ben that made his way into three of those and winning two of them. But who are going to be those quarterbacks? Like, if I said the next five years and you had Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and we'll throw Justin Herbert if that's what you want, I said, in the next decade, will every Super Bowl champion quarterback come from that top five that I gave you? Or maybe Deshaun Watson rises from the ashes and wins one? Good chances are a majority of those Super Bowls, eight out of 10, seven out of 10, maybe nine out of 10, are going to be won by those five quarterbacks. Because everybody's looking for that. And now everybody with the quick trigger on coaches, they want the coach to go with the quarterback. In Brandon Staley and his shenanigans in L.A. and always going for it and going for it on fourth down, back at his own 19-yard line. Hey, that's cute and all. But you know what? Eventually it's going to bite you, man. And then you got to respond to ownership. you got to respond to the other guys in that room saying, and they were saying it after the game. Said, Coach, we could have gone to the postseason. We could have gone to the playoffs. But they didn't. Thanks to Mitch Holtis, who sat in here with us the first segment. This is the Nate Taylor Show. We will podcast it as well. Nick Price, you're coming right back up with Dusty, man. Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready to bring it? Oh, you know it, Bank. Playoff football. The Dust Man, Nick Price. It's called Red Reaction. 913-576-7610 is the phone numbers. I know they're going to have a good time with you. I know they're looking forward to the show. So am I. I cannot wait to get this postseason. It's the Steelers, man. You already saw what they have. And you didn't have anybody. And you beat them. Now, if the Bills win, the Bills are the Chiefs' next opponent. And if New England wins, then you look at the Raiders or the Bengals. I'll talk to you guys next week.